Baking pancakes, making bacon pancakes. Take some bacon and I'll put it in a pancake. Bacon pancakes, that's what it's gonna make. Bacon pancakes. It's 1159 of Radio Free America. This is Uncle Sam with music and the truth until dawn. Right now, I've got a few words for some of our brothers and sisters in the occupied zone. The chair is against the walls. The chair is against the walls. John has a long mustache. John has a long mustache. It's 12 o'clock, Americans, another day closer to victory. And for all of you out there on and behind the lines, this is your song. Hey, welcome, everybody, to our Daily Gun Show. We come to you live every weeknight at midnight Eastern, 9 Pacific. For about an hour each night, we talk about guns. Thanks for joining the conversation. We've got some co-hosts tonight. We've got uh, Cycle Camp jumping in from Connecticut. Thanks for joining. Hi there, folks. Thanks for the invite. Always. Uh, Dead Horse, thanks for jumping in from Utah. Howdy. And that brings us to Dano, jumping in from Illinois. Yep, glad to be here. I'm down here in Tucson. So uh, we're right. We're broadcasting it on YouTube. Uh, we simulcast it over at gunchannels.com. It's a community going on. It's our fifth year now. Uh, a bunch of people like, sit around and talk about guns all the time, uh, create content, and uh, overall just talk about guns, really. And uh, I guess every once in a while we broadcast on Instagram. We're not doing that tonight. And we take the audio from the shows and we throw that up on iTunes. So we appreciate everybody that listens to the show live. That's part of the concept, to have a conversation about guns. Uh, but anybody who's listening to the show in the future can be part of that conversation. We encourage you to use the platforms that you're listening or watching the show on to leave us comments. Subscribe to the channels and all that. Let's us know you're out there and uh, uh, gets the, keeps the conversation going. So tonight is, or today is uh, Monday, and on Mondays we talk about uh, kind of the show itself. We talk about behind the scenes, getting content up onto the internet with the Second Amendment message, and then we look at the calendar of events over on Gun Channels. Uh, before we dig into the show, though, we usually take a break at the beginning to see if anything happened during the day, or in this case, over the weekend. Anything good going on? Folks, <clears throat> dead air. National news, state news, no. personal news, I have no cavities. Right on. Then I went to the dentist which means I don't have like thousands of dollars to spend uselessly, which is good because now I can really spend them on something else. Well, you guys uh, all have to go. go ahead. I, uh, I went to a four position 22 match at 50 yards and got fourth place on Saturday. What is four position? Uh, sitting, standing, kneeling and off, you know, offhand prone, uh, Prone, sitting, kneeling, and offhand. Oh, okay. Rifle match. And, and you're a big fan of prone, right? Yeah, I hate that. God. I, I just remember the look on your face of, 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 of going, what do you mean I have to go prone? Yeah. <laughs> you were not happy about it. No, us, us we, we bulls wobble, so we don't, we don't, uh, we don't hit the target real well when we're wobbling around on our stomachs. But it was a good match, and we got it in just before it started raining, so it was a good deal. What do you shoot that with? Uh, that's a twenty-two. I use a Marlin Model 80, an old an old bolt-action twenty-two with uh, Lyman uh, vernier rear sights and a uh, Lyman 
77C or L or something front hooded aperture with a uh, with a uh, aperture sight in it. And then what kind of numbers are we talking competitors there show up for a certain like that? Oh, that there weren't there weren't that many this time. I think I got fourth out of like six or seven. Oh, really? Oh, because the next question I was going to ask what kind of age range, but it's seven people is probably just a bunch of older guys. Yeah, I would I would say it was uh, the youngest guy there was probably in his like mid forties, and the oldest guy there was probably pushing seventy. Wow! So you think that's going to be kind of going away of the uh, history books when uh, people quit shooting this stuff? If you would have said there's thirty people showing up and there's kids in there, I'd have a little bit more. Well, we our club isn't that big. We only have about three hundred members. And of course, you know, it's the, uh, whatever it is law, you know, the square root of the number. And, uh, <clears throat> so we've had, we've had as many as 10 or 12 and it really, you know, the, the real problem on a day like that was it was threatening weather and it looked like it was going to rain any minute. We just got through scoring our targets when the rain let go. Oh, so, so it wasn't a typical day. Yeah. It was not a typical day for us. Usually we would have had 10 or 12 people probably. Right on. We had a couple of shows over the weekend. We had a van chat yesterday. Um, Night, our Dead Horse has been doing, um, I don't keep calling you Night Strike, maybe because your icon's white. Um, anyway, Dead Horse had uh, a couple of show and tells. When was your yeah. 556 one? Was that Thursday? Yeah, that's on Thursday. So we already talked about that, but I don't know if I had a chance to tell you in person that, man, that thing was awesome. I'm super thrilled that you did that one. That was excellent to listen to. Thanks for doing that one. Yeah, and that'll be continuing next Thursday. We're, uh, that's probably going to be a three-part episode to get through the whole timeline. And then probably a fourth part just to kind of recap everything. But it's just an in-depth history of the you know, 556 with the AR thrown in there and just the, the whole history really of the of mainly just that five five six round how it came how it came about yes yeah, it it one of my projects is the uh, website network and i've got a i had a really elaborate ar-15 site for a while and i'm planning on putting that back together so i'm hoping we can work together and i'll uh use a lot of your uh stuff like that to enhance it because i had a lot of the outlines there to 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 let people know what information was available but that's an excellent thing to actually send people to to actually get information. That was awesome. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, and I'll definitely, uh, we can definitely collaborate and do something. I'll definitely help you out. All right, well, I guess we can dig into the show this week. Um, we've got pretty good uh, coverage with uh, going through, I went through and harvested the emails. A lot of the suggestions from Cycle Camp. thanks for that and others so we've got maybe the next couple of weeks really three weeks seeded out with topics uh so as we're kind of moving forward here um time's always precious lately so i'm uh, uh spending some time on getting the show formatted as we get onto itunes um it's not a tremendous effort but uh it's a little bit of effort so we're definitely looking for some feedback from people that might be uh, listening over uh, on the podcast on whatever platforms out there so you can always email the show at dailygunshow at gmail.com. Uh, leave in comments and likes or thumbs up or whatever the little sig- you know, the little symbols are there uh, are appreciated on the platforms. That is how the platforms determine what shows to recommend. So for a show just starting out on some of these platforms, uh, it'll help out a lot to have comments and, and the likes. 
but the emails directly to us let us know that uh, the podcasts are appreciated. And we have had a couple of positive um, uh, comments so far, uh, letting us know that people appreciate the the live feed going back up to iTunes. But again, always looking for feedback there. And uh, I guess we can move on. So we're going to dig into behind the scenes. We were talking a little bit before the show on a couple of topics. So if you guys want to dig into those again, or if you've got something else, or if somebody out in the audience has an idea for kind of a how-to or um, that kind of topic. Otherwise, we'll um, break for a second and feature our member of the day. And this was Dead Horse's uh, suggestion. I think it's a great suggestion. I don't think we've uh, featured Rupan before, but active member over on Gun Channels. And uh, I guess you were just in a show with him the other day? Yeah, yeah. And uh, he comes and joins the chats fairly often and hosts his own chats uh, fairly often. And He's a great guy. He has some awesome stories, um, just really killer stories from the military. And, uh, you know, he's uh, he puts up a lot of gun videos, working on his guns, modifying, upgrading them. And then not only that, but he's really, really into the Pro 2A fight. And uh, he, he really, I mean, he's one of the most up-to-date guys when it comes to a lot of the anti-gun legislation going through, not only in his own state, but federally and like he he's really in in check with that. So like he's really up on all the details. And I mean, he's the only guy I know that like he was reading stacks and stacks of just laws like these, you know, and like I don't know anyone that was actually going through every page and reading those type like he was. And so, uh, yeah, I really appreciate him for, for him for getting out that correct info and stuff. And uh, I believe his uh, YouTube channel is just uh, Rupin RX. Uh, R-U-P-A-N-R-X over on YouTube, and you should definitely uh, subscribe to him. Now, I have a question, and, and you guys may or may not know the answer, but I'll give it a shot anyway. Is in his icon, uh, he has a picture. Now, I've I've seen him um, semi-recently. He had his camera on, was doing something or other. It doesn't look anything like the guy in the picture. Is that actually just an older picture? That was from, I believe he told me that that was from like a Halloween party and he dressed up as, was it like a singer from Poison or something, you know, like a rock band or something? That I think would he make said. Yeah. If it's so, in the picture, he's like dressed up, yeah. Uh, but I think it's like uh, BJ and the Bear or some shit. Or Back to the Future, maybe. I can't remember if you told me it was a rock star or, or what it was, but yeah, it's a pretty funny looking picture. You look at that and you're yeah. like, wait, what? <laughs> it's like, wait, that that's the same guy? <laughs> but yeah, he's a, he's a good guy. Brings a lot to the table. Very interesting to talk to. All right, so um, as far as topics then, getting out there well viewer topics oh as far as a uh, topic to uh, talk about or others we can talk about what we were talking off off either uh, off air there yeah I, I I literally just got in at the last second so I'll let you guys decide that uh, did we end up talking about newsletters we were I think we were we started off talking about early watch and um 
the concept of a daily show, having a, a platform where your daily gives you an opportunity to keep up with um, things and get take care of a lot of topics. Like we, do, the reason we do the daily show is so we can hit a gun shop every day, right? Um, if you try to do one of those a week, you're only going to get 50 gun shops a year. So there's certain things like uh, legislation, stuff that can happen quickly, stuff that can come out of nowhere, and having an established um, channel for you know daily stuff could be super useful. I think we started with that, and and then I was suggesting that um, doing some sort of a weekly wrap up on gun channels would be interesting, and a daily show would allow like an incremental creation of that. You know, every day you just added a little bit more to a newsletter than on Friday, you click send. And then I was talking about maybe trying to automate that, you know, just because you know, we don't have people resource to just sit around doing that kind of stuff for time. You know, we don't put that burden on anybody. Uh, and then I think that evolved into talking about the newsletter a bit and the concept of doing a newsletter and I don't know where we went from there. Uh, started talking about um, how many people. Blogging, I think, was one of the other things you talked about. Right, and and how a newsletter could attract people who write, as opposed to right now, gun channels is pretty heavy on the YouTube. You know, we've got some in Instagram or photography type of presence, and then of course a live chat presence. And I don't even want to give that to YouTube anymore. Of course, a lot of us have met on YouTube and we use the YouTube, but um, I think the live chat stuff in real life proves that it'd be, we'd be chatting no matter what the platform is. A lot of us started on Blog TV anyway before YouTube was even doing this. In fact, some of us started on Quick before Blog TV even happened. So uh, this concept of doing live chats is sort of separate from YouTube and has a life of its own. And we'll be doing this after YouTube dies and uh, horrible quick death uh, soon uh, with uh, GunTube, right? Because he can, or Nightstrike can already do that. Um, anyhow, so yeah, the concept of having other types of medium, other types of uh, content creators over on Gun Channels and having a a weekly or a monthly or some sort of a newsletter would uh, give them an, a platform, an opportunity to, to show their stuff and for people that read that kind of stuff to meet some of the other people or be exposed to some of the other people on gun channels. Um, I don't know where we want to take that or if we want to keep going with that or something else. No, uh, let's, let's go down, let's explore that because I think that's, I, I think that it, it can be very attracting for other people because some people based on their, you know, ability or their situation with what they're doing. Um, like I was saying, there's people who work around heavy industrial equipment who can't watch a video and hear it and listen, but they could sure read something. Right. And, uh, and there's a lot of instances where, you know, you might not be able to watch a video on your phone or whatnot, but you could definitely read a blog or something. And I do that a lot. I read a lot of blogs and a lot of porn posts and stuff like that. So, I could definitely see that being very attractive over there uh, at gun channels and getting a whole new line of people over there. Because some people just might not be into video creating or even really watching the videos on YouTube. But uh, reading and writing, that could definitely be their forte. Um, writing's not my forte, but I do like to read. <laughs> I can't write very well at all, but I sure like to read. I what about you, Dano or Cyclecamp? Do you guys have you guys ever written any blogs or, or tried anything like that? About the closest thing I've come is just what I post on my Instagram is just a little short, you know, paragraph of kind of like what my picture is about. Like that's the closest thing I think I've come to blogging. I mean, I, I, I 
not necessarily a traditional blog, but I spent well over a decade using traditional text forms. And, uh, you know, after going through that and then coming to more of a live audio sort of system, uh, I don't know if I'd be willing to go back as far as a conversation in text format. The reason why is because, at least, and this is just my opinion, is so much was lost in translation uh, as well as misconstrued to where uh, people would misunderstand the meaning of what somebody else was saying and suddenly it would oh, take yeah. a whole direction that was unintended. Oh, yeah, because sarcasm and humor can be very hard to get through on text, right? Like, I'm really bad at that, trying to right. trying to convey and, sarcasm or humor, like, through text. And I can, in a heartbeat, say, no, that's not what I mean, or I'm sorry, I didn't mean that, I meant something else, For, if it's in a live audio. Well, you're you're very well speaking uh, spoken, Dano. So I would uh, think that you'd probably be a pretty good blogger. I think you'd be, and it's not always a conversation because uh, you're just like blogging about something that interests you, basically, right? So you're talking about a certain gun, telling about it, your experience, whatever, and that's really it. And then usually, like people will talk about in the comments down below a blog post, but it's really not even. It's kind of a one-sided conversation, though, on a blog, right? Because it's not quite like it's not like a forum. Oh, no, it, they're a little different because you can set up a blog and then have that comment section. And depending on how elaborate and how much time you want to put into it, um, you can have a pretty elaborate uh, comment section, which, you know, in other words, like one person can make a comment, but then a person can comment to that comment, but then another person can comment to the first article. And if that's well laid out, you know, that's clear and that can really encourage conversations about the blog that you started. And, um, and a well-moderated uh, blog uh, audience or whatever that would be called um, is where I was getting at when I was talking, when I was kind of, what I had in mind here after talking to the people at the Gun Rights Policy Conference last year uh, that showed up for that 2A summit. They um, uh, have massive followings and they do that with just a blog. So yes, it's one way, it's like dissemination of information, but then with uh, immediate ability to comment and and it sounds like, like I never thought about it, but like you said, there's lots of people that, for whatever physical reasons, are reading instead of doing what we prefer, it seems like. And uh, to address Dano's issue, I don't think we need to, we're not just telling anyone, hey, we're going to shut down gun channels and go reading, you know, go to text only. Just the idea to bring everybody together, um, if for nothing else, just a newsletter to kind of keep uh, everybody aware of the same news so that hopefully we can attract the two way organizations to uh, drop the information down into that channel that we establish and then a consistent message could get out to the various you know video people the the visual people with the pictures the the audio people with the podcasts and the radio shows and then the uh, the readers with the blogs and the the websites uh, and what I do a lot is like uh you know, if I'm by myself, then I'm like watching videos mostly. But as soon as like if I go to a restaurant or something like that, instead of I'm by myself and I can't really and I'm not one to wear headphones and all that. So I'm not I can't really play a video most of the time in situations like that. So I'm on like, uh, you know, I'm on different blog sites and, and different forums and stuff reading. And uh, so I think it's a definitely I, I still think that's a viable thing because I, I still see a lot of forums out there that are pretty popular. Like even uh, very specific forms, just about a, a specific cartridge, 
like those forums are still popping. So they're still very active. There's still a lot of people who are doing their communication and typing back and forth. And, and uh, you know, that it's, it definitely hasn't gone away. It's... Have you guys seen like a big decrease in forum use or anything like that? Like it, like since YouTube has come on the scene, like, like, or do you think that they're even more popular now than kind of ever? Cause there seems to be more forums now than ever still. I think that you just enhanced them really. Yeah, I can see that. I, I wonder if it's kind of a mix because as an example, like uh, I've gone to AR15.com, which has been a long standing kind of traditional old school uh, forum. And a lot of the information that they have out there is really old as far as, you know, in internet years, it's really old. And, uh, you know, the, the data is still out there. Um, um, but uh, I, I think a lot of those people, you know, moved on to other me media. You know, there, there's still some out there, obviously. I think the, the purpose of what people want to get out of a forum versus what they get out of live and YouTube-type videos is different nowadays. If I want a how-to... I'm not going to go to a forum. I'm going to go to a live video where I'm going to see pictures and the guy can describe stuff while he's doing it. But if I need an opinion about something or I'm talk or like, say, I don't know what the a particular marking on a receiver might mean, I'm going to go to a specialty forum for that because I, you couldn't sift through all the videos to find that information. It's better to go to try to find a bunch of experts. So I, I guess the, 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 if I'm looking for expert advice, I tend to lean towards a forum. And if I'm looking for just a basic how to, how do I strip this particular gun down or, or, you know, uh, what kind of experience people have had shooting a particular firearm or that kind of thing, then I tend to go back to like YouTube or, or other websites for that kind of information. Yeah, I, I agree with you a lot there, PsychoCamp, as far as like the depth of information. Because it is exposed to so many people that have, you know, generally older folk that have literally seen it and lived it. Well, like if I'm researching a new caliber because I'm looking about going into a new caliber, I, you know, chances are there might be a caliber specific form or maybe a sub form specific for that caliber. And then I go in there like recently with the 6.8 SPC and I go in there and I'm talking to these guys who have been shooting 6.8 SPCs for years. And they're swapping barrels and doing stuff and experimenting with loads. And I'm getting firsthand data that and like relevant data and my questions answered where on like on a YouTube video, I can ask that guy in the chat or the video I just watched, hey, like, what was your powder load on that? And then he might not ever respond. To and then but the people on the forum seem way, like way more eager to help and share their info. Um, and it's more personal. <laughs> There's a more, it almost, it feels almost more personal. Uh, there's like a per personal communication going on there between, you know, two or three or even 20 people or whatever on a forum where when you just watch someone's video and, and, you know, you type, ask them a question in the comments and they don't respond or whatever. I don't know. It's, it's just a less personal connection. And uh, I, I don't know. That's just the way I feel about it. Like that's. So. so you guys have talked about a bunch of stuff going back to what cycle said um 
I don't disagree with the what you're with the, what you're saying there, but I think if you think if you go a little step further or the next step from there, you're right. When you're looking for specific information, you might go to um, the internet, which is probably going to take you to a forum, and you're going to be able to browse through a thread or two to get uh, the details that you're looking for. But I think the next step is that more often than not, especially these days, last five six years, there there's chances are the the detailed information that you seek is going to take you to a specific YouTube video. So they kind of enhance each other. And let's say you go to that YouTube video to uh, find out how to take the wooden part off the front of an AK upper handguard, which is difficult to explain or to conceptualize for some people, but it takes two seconds to watch somebody do it, and then you understand it forever, right? But if you're going online to figure out how to gap your spark plugs, you might appreciate going to a forum first and then being directed to that video because sure you want to see how it's physically done but when it comes time to remember what what number point zero what now you know then or a forum again is probably going to be more ideal for like you were saying with this the receiver engravings and stuff you know so when you're talking like text-based archives your your forums can't be beat and some of them have been around as long as the internet so they've got just massive amount of data and it's laid out in a way that may not be ideal but it's certainly familiar with pretty much everyone who's you know familiar with the internet these days so um you know in other words just you know, digging through and finding the data is relatively simple in search engines can certainly find it um but i think really the ultimate way to go is uh, eventually when we all have our own presences out there or more people have their own presence out there and we rely less on the platforms to be our presence and use the platforms to be our means of communications to connect, to bind our individual presence. And uh, uh, then the, the search engines can, again, then kind of enhance everything. The videos can enhance everything. Uh, like, yeah. where, where do YouTube content creators go when they have a question? So if he has a question on a gun, does he make a video, video and say, hey, like, answer this question for me that I have about this gun. Usually not like, I mean, they're usually, I think that they're, they're guys usually going to the forums to get that specific, like that's the good thing about forums is you can actually ask a question. Um, even if it's been, you know, asked and answered a thousand times before you can ask it again and maybe get a different opinion and a different, you know, outlook on that. The next time it's asked kind of different. <laughs> Right. One of those triggers forums too. People will freak out when you ask us a repetitive question without maybe going to whatever their procedure is—a a, a thread or a, you know some kind of wiki or something first. To, That's true. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we're you know we've all had our individual situations or kind of general things. But again, I really think that the internet's going to have both for a long time, and YouTube—I still believe YouTube's going to eventually be less of a big thing but the video concept will still be out there if anything videos will get smaller and easier to push around and we'll have enhanced ones with the more 360 or the holographic or whatever the next step is right some kind of data encrypted in them i would certainly think so because it goes back to you know a thousands of pictures worth a thousand words and that's something that a, a form or a blog cannot do well, and, and a, a good point, though, is the medium, because forums are a text media, it's easier, it's actually easier to find data uh, on the web in a forum, because you can, you can put strings and phrases and say, hey, uh, 
you know, find me stuff with the string and phrase. And the next thing you know, five forum references pop up with that exact phrase or string. Whereas if you're, if you're looking on YouTube, if it isn't in the title or description or the metadata or the tags, you're screwed. You know, oh, yeah. they, the guy yeah. might be saying exactly what you want to hear, but you've got no way to find it. And that's, that's where the forums are perfect. Because part of the searchability of forums versus the searchability of videos. Well, that's why the forums are so ideal because those human beings that are writing the forums and reading the forums have looked at the videos and, you know, they've done the mental work so that, hey, I'm seeking an answer to this question. Oh, you want to go to this video? Where, like, Camp said, if you go run some of the software like uh, CloverTech has mentioned that lets you enhance your um, efforts on YouTube, basically unlock some of the uh, metrics, me metadata stuff on YouTube so that you can see it right on your screen. I can probably screen share it. There's no point. But it'll tell you all kinds of metrics about your video. But you can see that about other people's videos, too. And it's not anything private or anything. It's just stuff that normally they don't bother to display. And those include the tags on a video. So you can go up to anybody's video and look at the tags. And some of the most popular, some of the most viral videos uh, are in spite of having the worst tags ever. So like Cycle's saying, you could have some really pertinent information and just be either dumb or lazy or unaware and have the worst tags ever, and you'll never be indexed on the search engines with that valuable data. But but I think that, that this plays into the point I, I think you were trying to make earlier in that very frequently I have gone, I'll do a generic web search for something, I'll get into a forum, and one of the forum comments will say, hey, and if you want more information, or this is really hard to describe, go look at this video. And they'll they'll shove me over to YouTube or some private website or something. So it's a great jump. It's kind of like using the index cards at a library. As long as it's not your own video, too, though, because like whenever they have <laughs> a lot of forums have problems with that, when you post your own video on a forum, to even if it's to help someone else, else that asked the question, if you post a video like, oh, I got a video that answers that here. Check this out. They're like, oh, oh no, you're self-promoting and stuff. And yeah. I thought you meant like send you back to the video that you made. So like, hey, check this guy out. And you go look and it's your own video. You're like, dang it. <laughs> no, no, they're just again, a lot of the forums are against self-promotion. So they don't like if you're a YouTuber or something, you got your own YouTube channel. You're not allowed to basically post any of your videos, even if it'll help someone else out. Well, you can post someone else's video. Well, but the, honestly, the thing is, most YouTubers ain't forum people anymore, so they don't have to worry about that. Most of the time, it is just audience people that are out there looking and found something useful, and like we're saying, and then was referenced in a. Okay. I like the idea of like a, a like a YouTube type thing mixed with a forum. Personally, someone has a question about their gun, they can take a, an actual video of it, ask the question. Someone can reply with a video if they wanted to, or just in text chat and uh but like integrating basically a form with a video service so the comment section is more like a form for that video like a sub form or whatever and uh i i don't know i i kind of like the idea of incorporating the two um newsletter um i don't know uh for people that are out there watching now that do content, uh, for people that are listening in the future that do content, you can always email us with a reply. But do you do a newsletter? And then for all of us, because we all just exist, 
do you subscribe to newsletters? Do you allow newsletters to come as a favor or because you have a slight interest? Uh, do you like sit down and read newsletters once a week or how do you all deal with newsletters? Maybe that's, I'm assuming there's not too many creators wanting to get into it. It's not like a Thursday with Clover. But as far as the other side of that question, what do you guys, how do you guys manage newsletters? Is it something you use? Is it a resource or is it something that you just deal with? I, we all get tons of them. Myself, uh, the people I subscribe to and follow, most people don't seem to do newsletters anymore. Uh, at least in my experience, there are a few that do. And I just let them come through because you never know when something interesting might come up. So I just let them come on through and kind of skim through them to see what, what some of the subjects are that particular month or that particular week. But I've noticed a, a, a le less of them from actual people creating. Now, I'm not referring to the, to the like, as an example, like the NRA newsletters or something like that. That's different. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm the same way. I I do get how many newsletters do I get? I get I get about four, I guess, but they're very very specific content, and they're very short newsletters. And the only one that I'm not sure of is I just recently uh, subscribed or, or supported uh, Hashnazi on uh, on Patreon, and part of that is to get you get his newsletter as part of that. But I haven't seen one yet, so I don't know if I'm going to like it or not. I actually produced a newsletter for my my gun club, and it's it's a major pain in the ass because what? well because no matter what you do, people are like, why didn't you put this in, or why did you put that in, or we didn't get it soon enough, or you know it's not timely, or blah blah blah. So it's it, it's just it's and, and we don't really do a lot in the club that really people need to know about. And it's basically the guys that don't have computers that bitch the most because they're looking for information on the schedule and all that stuff. And I, we, we have a tendency to kind of say, if you don't have a computer, then you're a dinosaur and you should just go away and die. But, you know, what can I tell you? Yeah, I don't know how many people out there don't have any computer. I guess you can always print a newsletter and send it to them. So there's that. I mean, if you're going through the effort of making an electronic one, you can just print it. So. Yeah, but then you got to fold it up and stamp it and label it and send it to an address. And we have we have the twenty eight, I think there are twenty eight people out of a club of almost three hundred people. There are twenty eight people who do not give us email addresses, and we have to anything we send them, we have to send by mail. Right, but but that's because they choose not to be involved, and that's their choice. Well, some of them choose not to be involved, and some of them honestly don't actually have. They're they're like you know. 70 80 years old and they actually don't have computers and they don't want computers and they don't want to know and exactly they don't want to know yeah i mean that well, kind of wraps it up right there well i mean they want to know about what's going on at the club they just don't want to know about computers right yeah and and vanessa i don't mean i don't mean a computer per se but if if you don't have you know network access shall we say if you don't have a smartphone or a, a laptop or that kind of thing then you're missing out. First of all, you're missing out on so much information out there on the net, and uh, and it, it is a uh, it is a uh, uh, 
if you get all your news, what's the, what the guy used to say? If you don't read the new paper, then you're, you're uninformed. But if you read the newspaper, you're misinformed. And it's pretty much the same way with mainstream media. I mean, I use the internet to balance off, to get unadulterated news. You know, when, when I, when I read the big headlines, the first thing I do is jump onto the internet and start, uh, you know, is this really true? Is this the whole story? You know, can I get to the source information? You know, that kind Let of thing. Let me ask you a question, Cycle. Uh, it, it's, it, what I'm about to say is true where I, I live. I want to know if it's true where you live. Is uh, all the libraries uh, in Northern Illinois have an association, and there are computers for public use at all the public libraries. Oh, sure. But if you're going to do that, then you got to drive to one, you know. Okay. But yes, our our our, our town has a public library and it has it has computers. I I don't know if they I don't recall if they're token operated or not. But uh, and that is just so that people get equal access. You know, dude, in, in two thousand and eighteen, which is I'm pretty sure the year that we're living in. If you don't have a computer at your house, it's not because you can't figure out how to get a computer into your house. It's in, you know you're not like unaware that you can go to the library. It's because you choose not to, right? Right. And, and you might be, I mean, you might be retired on a fixed income and let's face it, it's not just a device. I mean, you got to get either a data plan on a phone and that, and that could be 50 or 60 bucks a month, or you've got to have internet brought to your house and that could be 30 or $50 a month. So some of it is, I, I assume people that are just poor. But, and they, they just But, but that's why the computers at the public library for that exact issue. Oh, exactly. I, you know, and, and like I said, that's why we kind of say, gee, if you don't really want to have a computer, there are some things that we do for the people that have email, like we do email blasts every now and then when something really important happens. But we don't bother trying to, to send out new uh, paper copies of the newsletter because by the time they get it, the thing is over. Well, that makes sense. And luckily, it's only, what, 10 percent or so, a little bit more. Yeah, so, not even. Yeah, but it is super annoying. I can imagine thirty-eight is nothing to laugh at. That's more than a stamp of books. It's almost two stamps of two books of stamps, and that's a heck of a lot of envelopes to keep track of and addresses to have to print out. And that's probably going to take at least somebody in a couple hours. At least it's a couple hour, hours, yeah, an hour to ship them, depending on where it is. And then you got to get that look at the post office, like you know. So anyway, um, that's interesting. So. Uh, Here's the thing about the newsletter. So again, there's lots of people using internets in different ways. And I would hear you because I don't seek out newsletters for the most part. I have newsletters for things like the Arizona Citizens Defense League, you know, things that are important that, uh, um, or maybe things like for Arizona Citizens Defense League, where that's the only way I'm gonna get information from them. They're not computer savvy, seeking out ways to communicate electronically and staying in touch with each other. and keeping up or taking pictures or documenting anything. They're just not that type, right? So um, this is the only time you get anything from them. And I would say it's probably way lopsided the other way with, for them, they're printing out a lot of those, I'm sure. And they're probably happy that a couple of us are accepting them in email. Um, so I'm the same with you guys. I think as far as the way I deal with them, uh, except like say, I have a few that I, uh, subscribe to but then i have a lot that i subscribe to um to monitor i guess keep a pulse out there what's going on and to see what other people are doing what other projects are happening and then just to get ideas from my own newsletter so i it's sort of like uh because it's a visual 
and a, and a written medium and because it costs nothing and it goes through automatically and it's so easy to deal with um, filters and stuff. Uh, it's something that when I want to, I can skim through them. I can look at titles. One appeals to me. I can click it open, see what the layout looks like if I'm just literally looking for that kind of stuff. If it's in something important, I can find the ones that come from the places that are valid. Uh, I get things from like some of the important two-way writers where you know, I wish I had the time to pay attention to every single one of those, but once on once a month, I sure do, right? On the second, I take time to look at those. So, um, you know, that's where we get our notes for the show and stuff. So some of these I I, I, I consider like I monitor the newsletters as not so much, you know, read them start to finish each time. But that's why I think a newsletter is an interesting medium, uh, again, because it can go to an email. So that means it can go to phones. And because it's archived, it's easily searchable with your email client uh, or your phone or whatever, and uh, can have ultimate linkability to, to everything else on the internet. You all know what a newsletter is. Um, and I would say I have to disagree with the concept that they're not that, that they're old fashioned, only because I keep getting I have like a, a couple of places where people can subscribe and I, I don't put that much effort out there to let people know there is a newsletter and I keep getting people on a regular basis subscribing to it. So that just tells me that there's lots and lots of people out there that are interested in seeing a newsletter. And that's sort of uh, one of the reasons I wanted to bring it up because uh, it might be something that because you're not interested in them and you're creating content, you might be missing out on people that are interested in it. No, that's true. I no, get a uh, paradigm. Yeah, I probably get a couple hundred different newsletters, but probably more than that, honestly, because I'm signed up for pretty much every manufacturer, part maker, stuff like that. And sometimes those manufacturers, like you'll get relevant to a news, and but most of the time it's nothing but just an ad for you know a sale or their next product or whatnot. But a lot of times they, they will have like something, a very relevant story, uh, pro Second Amendment story or news article or something in those, or maybe even a how to, like how to clean a barrel or, you know, something like that. And, uh, but, you know, and the, the ones that I get that are very relevant, that are just strictly real pro 2A and, and gun rights organizations, um, th those ones, th they, they almost seem like, a, I hate to say it, a lot of the, at least the ones I'm sub to, I'm not going to say all of them, but the ones that I get, like, a lot of it seems like infomercial. It really does. It, it seems like, like, hey, you know, we're fighting for your gun rights, uh, or, you know, uh, 10 cents a day, you can feed a starving child to kind of a thing. And, and, and it's not even about, like, hardly any news stories or pro 2A events or anything like that. It's really just it, – it's just them ask, begging for money. And that's – like I said, that's just the ones I'm sub to, but I the, the I, I get that a lot. I, I seem to open up an email. Like, you need to act now. Like, our rights are so endangered. Like, guns are going to be gone tomorrow. And you open it up, and it's like, yeah, send us $20 and, and – will make the anti-gunners go away. <laughs> like, I, that's just, you know, like, there's no real relevant news story in there. There's no relevant article. There, I mean, there's just not, nothing in them asking me for money, unfortunately. Not all of them like that. I said it like that. But a lot of the ones I am that are supposed to be real pro-2A groups and stuff, I, I get that a lot. 
and that they're not even giving me any kind of content in their newsletter at all. Like, I, I feel like I, like there's nothing here. I mean, they're not even really trying. What about, what about like coupons? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, sometimes there'll be like uh, hidden coupons in a lot of the newsletters, and like you'll you'll read through this whole article or this whole how-to or something, and at the very bottom of the article, I've literally seen it where it's like, oh, and if you're still following us, for you guys who actually read through all this, here's a twenty percent coupon. I've literally seen that hidden, and I'm like, holy shit, that's awesome, you know. So like they're they're you know they they're like that was their way of thanking people who actually read through their whole story or read through their whole thing. So I've seen that a lot. And, yeah, and, and the hidden coupon thing—that's I think that's really cool. And uh, and uh, yeah, I get a lot of coupons from for not only being subscribed to their mailing list because the mailing list to me is supposed to be different. That's where they're supposed to send me the ads, and the newsletter—that's supposed to be either more pertinent about what the company's doing, new products, pro two A stuff. And it's not always like that. A lot of times the newsletters are just nothing but ads. But there are some really good companies out there who, like, they don't advertise in their newsletter at all. They really try to make it all about the Second Amendment and stuff like that. Those are the ones I enjoy reading. Or how-tos, how to, you know, do something to a government. Yeah, when I was doing a newsletter for uh, Tucson Guns, uh, we would try to feature a range every week or every month whenever they did one, twice a month, actually. We would do a range though, and then we would uh, feature uh, some story about maybe, uh, I don't know, something that happened at a CCW class or something like that. Uh, we would feature one of the safes or one of the vaults and talk about some features of it or why people are buying that one. And then uh, uh, maybe a, a paragraph or two from the boss about uh, what what's going on and what's the future like. And it was usually, um, well, for a while there, it was just, you know, the stuff that was happening in Arizona, concealed carry going through and then suppressors for hunting and, and 30 round mags for hunting and shit like that. And uh, I mean, it, it lets people know that you're 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 aware of what's going on right uh, in the community. Oh, yeah. And those are the ones I can appreciate. The ones that actually give us that info, right, that are actually trying to put out like content, right? Like, you know, I mean, that's I can really appreciate that. Or uh, unfortunately, a lot of newsletters have turned into nothing more but than a, uh, you know, just an ad, an advertisement. Okay, so um, we'll move along to today in history, and we missed um, Makarov yesterday. I guess I should have opened that up already. Um, he died yesterday in nineteen eighty-eight. Oh snap! Well, that makes sense. So yeah, he died May 13th, 1988, and he was born in 1914 on May 22nd. So this is uh, a weird month. It's Makarov, right? And the designer of the Makarov pistol, which the month is named after, uh, was both born this month and died this month. So he liked this month a lot, and they named the pistol after him. Um, so we missed that yesterday because uh, it was Sunday. We have a couple of interesting things that happened today, but nothing really all that gun-related. Um, where this one go? 1618. Does anybody remember what happened May 15th, 1618? Uh, Mayflower? No. This is uh, when Johannes Kepler discovered his harmonics law. So, Dano, extra credit points. What's the harmonics law of Kepler's harmonics law? 
You mean about sum and difference frequencies? Mm, no. Oh, then I, I don't know. It's the law that states the closest planets travel at the greatest speeds and have the shortest orbital periods. If, off the top of my head. Oh, I didn't know that was a harmonic thing. I thought that was a planetary motions thing. No, I have no idea. Well, that's what it says on <laughs> So his, his um, model of Keplerian motion of the planets. The uh, War of Spanish Secession began in 1702. No, no coincidence, no affiliation with that other thing. Who did they secede from? The War of Secession. I don't know. 1702, way before my time. Wow. I'm just looking for stuff that might have something to do with a gun, I guess. Uh, 1942, the United States begins rationing gasoline. That has nothing to do with a gun. 1958, Sputnik 3 is launched by the Soviet Union. Hmm. L Lewis and Clark uh, departed. Oh, really? See, I don't have that in mind. That would have been a good one. Yeah, and they had that they had that multiple shot air powered uh, rifle thing with them. Yeah, I've seen that them was pretty cool. Now it's at museums. Those are super neat. You've seen them uh, shoot before? I'm so, sorry. Yeah, I, I've seen them, but only on uh, you know like uh, forgotten weapons and stuff. We can see the others. Yeah, uh, I was going to say uh, also the. The convergence of the convention of the delegates to, for the constitutional uh, thing began today for the American Revolution. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, that's where they all basically, uh, I think, begin to assemble and then decided that, like, yeah, we're going to go to war, right? So, well, the other day was give me liberty or give me death, and the day before that, or whatever, a little bit before that, was the whole British are coming, right? So, yeah. It all happened. Oh, it was all going down. And then we got July. July the end of it all right oh here's one 1862 the union ironclad monitor and the gunboat galena fire on confederate troops at someplace in virginia that was one of the uh, ironclads right oh it says right there ironclad monitor. and right. uh, the only well, i was gonna say the only other thing i could think that happened in this day in the history is uh we lost frank sinatra Oh, so if you're a Frankie fan. So. What year was that? Was uh, 1998. All right. Well, we'll go on to the next segment. Uh, we do this show daily. One of the reasons we started doing the show on the daily. Bob was in the notes earlier, so he didn't jump on. But one of the reasons, one of the reasons Bob and I started doing the show on the daily was uh, so that we could feature a new gun shop every day. Uh, I'm a big fan of gun shops, and I believe that if we forget about our gun shops, uh, they'll go away, and we won't have a super critical resource, both uh, just uh, for the pleasure of shooting and the recreational part of it and the uh, just the communal aspect of it, but also the strategic aspect of getting ammunition and, and implements out distributed from manufacturers through distributors and gun shops out to uh, places. I also think they have a, a strategic importance in the community, right? Just having a shop like this one on the street base so people walk past it every day, I guess is a pawn shop really, but you know, having a gun shop on a, a, the street like this, uh, every day people see the gun shop and it's a lot tougher for the uh, Bloombergs and the others to suggest that it's just the creepy people in the dark alleys that it would even consider wanting a, a firearm, right? So anyway, for all those reasons, we have uh, been a big fan of firearms or gun shops. Been going to them my whole life, and we feature them every day. We're kind of recycling some because I'm not on the road right now, 
Um, and this one is L&M. This one's a cool shop because it's the shop that's across the street from the big mural. Of course, I should have put the picture of the mural in here. But uh, in Las Vegas, New Mexico, uh, where the movie Red Dawn was filmed. So if you were to stand in this doorway and look out towards the street, you'd see that big lady waving and saying, welcome to Calumet, or Calumet welcomes you, I guess. And, uh, you know, this is one of the scenes in the movie. This, you know, this this building would be in a few scenes in the movie when the town was all occupied and stuff. And it's, I think it's the only gun shop in town, or at least the only one I've found. And it's all, actually, there's a gun shop two down that's never been open. And this one is usually closed when I'm there. So I think this is the last time I was there and uh, it happened to be open. So I went inside and I told them what I was doing on the tour and I took a couple of pictures. I was trying to be generous with them. Sometimes you have to be kind of skillful with the pictures. They, it was kind of a barren shop. They didn't have a lot of stuff there. So I took pictures that I tried to be as, you know, make it seem like they've got some stuff there. But it's a little town and a little pawn shop. And uh, I imagine it's not, you know, um, tons of people running through. I don't know. That's have... where you find the best stuff is in the little pawn shop. So like the most unique, like rare, you know, coolest stuff. Seriously. And that's the thing. They got the Whittingham Center, which is about an hour or something north of this. And people, and this is the only, the only road between Albuquerque and Denver. So people are driving up and down this road once in a while, right? And this little pawn shop is maybe 10 minutes off the highway. And like you're saying, if there's somebody in this town, which is a decent sized little town, if there's somebody that's, uh, I don't know, sick of a gun, hard up, got it inherited, traded it, didn't like it anymore, they got sick of that caliber, it's the ex-wife's gun, whatever, they brought it over to this pawn shop and it's that same Enfield or crazy loading such and such or the new caliber, this and that, that you've been wanting. You know, these are the kind of places to find that kind of thing, right? But they also have a ton of tools, so it's a pawn shop. Well, and, and usually good deals, too, because they don't have usually a lot of overhead being out on, like, a main street in a big city and stuff like that. So usually you get better deals at those small pawn shops. They're certainly friendly, if I remember right. All right. Well, so that was our shop of the day. I'm guessing nobody's been to this one. I don't know if anybody out that's watching has been to Las Vegas, New Mexico. I know a couple of people have been through there, but not too many people stop and hang out. All right. Well, with that, we can move on. Uh, there's a gun movie. One of the other things we like to hit every day is a movie that has something to do with guns. And most of these are coming, again, from the suggestions in the email. Uh, Boys in the Hood. So have you all seen this movie? Probably no, 20 years I gotta, I got to take a Dano and say I've never seen it. I think Dan will fall asleep. He hasn't been responding to any of my digs on the comments or nothing. He's He's gone. Oh. I watched it probably about 20 years ago, man. Yeah, I'm trying to remember it, too. I'm sure I've seen it. It has Ice Cube in it. I know that. And uh, it follows a couple guys. I think it follows, like, two main guys and their struggles kind of growing up in the hood in Los Angeles, right? And... Uh, it uh, just kind of like they kind of are each like looking at life at, through like a different like way, right? Like I think one was trying to make money like doing bad things, and the other one was trying to go straight. But they were like childhood friends, yeah, something yeah. like that. I think that was kind of the general gist, if I remember right. Like I said, it's been twenty years, so I don't know. <laughs> it could be way off. 
Uh, I'm guessing it's a decent movie, um, but I don't remember it that good. So it's I don't remember a bunch of guns in there. I think I remember like a drive-by or something. I I don't know. That's not the kind of gunplay that I usually. Well, we got it from says that that's a movie classic. I gotta scroll down here. Uh, AK's full auto Mac 10 sawed off double barrel shotgun to name a few. So yeah, oh, really? the drive-by stuff. It looks like. Yeah. I just don't remember like a lot of gun handling scenes and stuff. I remember some drive-bys, but like it's been so long. There could have been a lot more guns in it. I mean, it's just you know I watch these and it's like watching a movie about Vietnam. Well, not even because uh, I have Vietnam stuff, right? Uh, surplus and things. But you know, I watch some of these movies and it's you know it's an alien. I didn't live in that neighborhood. I didn't live in a big city. Certainly didn't live with like gang stuff or whatever. So I watch it and it's all those movies kind of blend together, you know, for me. So um, yeah. once in a while, there's like a cool scene in a gang movie where somebody will drop like a duffel bag full of guns or like a, they'll all grab a bunch of guns out of a trunk or something like they've done it a thousand times. And those kind of scenes are interesting because when I see those, you know, you can tell if it's a bunch of actors just grabbing an item, you know, grab prop out of trunk. Or if it's like a bunch of dudes that have picked up guns a million times and are just like casually you know, doing their thing and then... Yeah, you can definitely tell, right? <laughs> so that's kind of interesting sometimes and um, I just don't remember if this movie is specifically one of those or if it's like you just see a revolver a few times and it's literally just a allusion to the gun, you know, it's not like focused on it or anything. Alright, well, since none of us can remember it, are we, we going to give it any kind of thumbs? Um, well, I think it was like a really big hit back then, so I'll probably at least give it one thumbs up. I mean, it's, yeah, it's it, 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 was a, it was a pretty iconic movie. I know a lot of my friends like back then, back in the because I, I want to say that came out in like the mid '90s or something, and a long time ago, and uh, you know, I, I, over 25 years ago, right? So, it's oh, uh, yeah, so, oh, 91, yeah. See, so I remember a lot of my friends at the time like were really into it and really liked it and stuff. So I know it was an iconic, way popular movie, and even to this day, I think it kind of has a cult following. So I'll definitely at least give it one thumbs up. Slim is saying that's a thumb up. Well, if I remember, I think it did. It did kind of have like a good moral kind of. If I remember, if it's the movie I'm thinking of, it did kind of have a good moral ending, kind of a like, or a, not not a good ending, but like a moral to the story, like to kind of. I don't know, maybe sway people from doing bad things. I don't know. I think if I remember right. So I'll give it a thumb up for that. Well, I'm going to give it one blue thumb up to counteract Dano's red thumb down. Red thumb up. <laughs> I think he is asleep. He's gone. All right. So thanks for the suggestion. Maybe if somebody, maybe Angelina's seen it because it's about LA, I think. And, uh, you know, she's lived that life. But um, and I don't know if Maggie's seen that one or not. That's good. It's got a lot of it's got a lot of good stars from uh, you know, for its time period. Well, that's the thing. They were probably, if I remember right, not big ass stars back then either. I think Ice T was probably not Ice T. Uh, Ice Cube was probably the biggest. I don't think Hugo Gooding Jr. was a big ass star yet. No, but Larry Fishburne was. And, and so was Ice Cube uh, even a star Bassett. when that movie came out though, or was he just a rapper? I think this like, might was he like a movie star, or was that his like like? It might have been just a rapper. Ones doing movies, right? Yeah. Started trying to be a like a hard ass in movies, and then now he's being like you know just a regular actor doing whatever. 
right, well, so that's the movie of the day. Every day we try to come up with a gun-related movie. There's going to be some podcasts in there. Um, since we're, I've been paying more attention to the podcast, I noticed some interesting ones out there, so we'll try to feature some of those. And uh, again, kind of that concept of bringing different types of content creators over to gun channels so that we can you know, figure out ways to uh, collaborate and get messages out there more efficiently. Uh, and uh, in synchronization, I don't know what the right word is, you know, coordination. Um, talked about a little bit of gun history. We talked about that gun shop, uh, L&M in New Mexico. Uh, Rupan is our member of the day. And we talked a bit about um, newsletters behind the scenes. Tomorrow is episode 572. On Tuesdays, we do Second Amendment issues. Uh, our topic tomorrow might have been from Cycle Camp. Let me know. Are uh, our state bans on hollow point ammo constitutional? Is that one of yours? Uh, it sounds like one. Right on. So that'll be what we're talking about tomorrow. Join us on that conversation. Of course, we got a gun shop. Uh, we have another movie. It's called Guns in USA, Voices of We the People. Uh, anybody seen this one? No, I haven't. Go look and see which one we're talking about here. Oh, this is interesting. I don't think I've seen this one. So, um, oh, it's a uh, podcast. So, duh, I want to sound movie. So, <laughs> uh, maybe check it out on iTunes if you're over there. Uh, check out the other gun related podcasts. Like I say, iTunes is uh, completely dependent on reviews for what it's going to recommend. So if you like stuff uh, over there, then uh, give it a thumb up, give it a comment. And uh, remember that when you're uh, using those platforms, you're you know, taking, you're, you're doing something. You're uh, creating uh, a reason for more gun stuff to exist in the future. Uh, let's see. So um, we'll talk about all that stuff tomorrow. It is Tuesday, so we'll probably start off with early watch. Knives usually has some kind of lobby, so an open chat. Uh, talk about guns uh, anybody can jump into. That'll happen most of the day over on gun channels uh, in the afternoon or evening, depending on what part of the country you're in. Uh, the uh, evening live shows will start up. Uh, tomorrow's Tuesday, so they'll probably start up with looking at the schedule. Um, Hatfield will have his show first. Then uh, Ghost does his uh, Tactical Tuesday. Hit or Miss it comes up next and then big gunner does his show after uh then we'll be back here same time midnight to wrap up the day and uh talk about guns anybody else uh dead horse you got anything coming up yeah um i want to give a shout out to uh shootaw 2018 um Utah, this is its third year um that it that uh Shutah's going on it's going to be uh June 9th from about 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Um, it's uh, going to be at the uh, farm training facility uh, where a lot of law enforcement and stuff train uh, down at Fairfield, Utah, which is about uh, like from Provo. It's it's like a 30 minute drive west of Provo, um, Utah. And uh but yeah, this is the third year it's going on. Um, it's like Silencer Co., Amtac Suppressors, bunch of different gun shops, holster companies, uh, bow companies, uh, dead air suppressors, bullet making companies, um, 
OSS suppressors. I mean, we have a lot of suppressor companies here, obviously. Uh, there's going to be a Outlaw Distillery, which makes a great white whiskey, by the way. Uh, Lube companies, different oil companies, Ready Gunner. The, there's going to be guys that you might recognize from Instagram, like the Man Spot and Ready Gunner and uh, uh, the Black Rifle Coffee Company guys and, and stuff like that going down there. Um, so there's going to be some Instagram celebrities. Uh, there's going to be, uh, I mean, just Uinta uh, Precision, Utah Air Guns. I mean, just a whole bunch of people. They're giving away a bunch of suppressors and guns, uh, M&P Shields, Ruger 1022, uh, a couple more handguns, uh, an AR-15 rifle, uh, like an entire EDC kit, steel targets. I mean, like last year they gave away so much crap. Like last year they gave away like five suppressors and like – five guns and just i mean if and if you just showed up last year you had a really good chance of winning something um and this is an all outdoor event you're outside you get to shoot these guns north american arms came had a whole table full of mini revolvers um i got to shoot a bunch of them and take pictures of them and fondle them and hold them and you get to shoot suppressors and they have 50 bmgs out there and cool old machine guns from world war ii full autos and stuff and uh you know, I mean, it's just a great event. There'll be like little bow shooting for the kids and stuff, like a little kid pit, uh, stuff to keep your kids entertained. There's food. There, there'll be like food trucks there, catering, uh, um, stuff like that. So it's just a really cool event, and it gets bigger and bigger every year. And uh, last year, I want to say at least, you know, I don't know, I want to say last year at least like three or four hundred people showed up. And uh, you know, and this year I expect at least, you know, probably 600 people to show up. So, because every year it's just, it's almost doubling, it seems, every year in attendance. So, so that's, I mean, I forgot to talk about the calendar. Um, what dates was that again? June 9th. And I put it in the events on gun channels. Okay. And I put a link to it where you can go to the Shootah website and uh, on under events on gun channels and uh, Shootah 2018, Fairfield, Utah. I'll be there um, doing some stuff. And, uh, yeah, anyone who knows who I am can hit me up on Instagram or whatever if you're going to be down that way. But uh, last year it was an absolute blast. Um, it was great for the whole family. It's really family-friendly. Um, we had even people, like, come that, that were, like, there's a place where you can just go right down the road to and go shoot all you want. Like, I mean, like, so there's basically a range, like, you know, five minutes down the road and you can go over there and, shoot too while you're out there right <laughs> it's awesome yeah you mentioned that yeah. that's cool and it sounds like uh the thing that's worth traveling to definitely worth going to utah yeah and like i said you know we like pretty much every suppressor company in utah is going to be there and uh you have a really good chance of winning a suppressor going and uh I'm just like for showing up because just for showing up and paying the entrance fee. The entrance fee is, I think, uh, 20 bucks per adult. I think kids are only a dollar if they're under 18. And, uh, you know, so, but the adults are 20. And for that 20, I, they usually give you like five or 10 raffle tickets or something. Um, so, like I said, there was people like, uh, like I won stuff last year and I didn't even buy any extra raffle tickets. I, I just got the free ones you get with the admission. And I won like a little kit out there so it was pretty cool um but uh yeah like you know there there there's people there was a guy uh, last year who walked away with a handgun and a suppressor he won twice <laughs> it, was, it was it was sweet 
and he paid like he bought like fifty bucks in raffle tickets, and won a suppressor and a handgun. Yeah, well, like you say, hundred people showing up, you know, it's pretty decent odds, especially when there's more than one, you know, price package. Almost definitely. And this is uh, sponsored by Utah Shooters, which is a uh, a really good organization, a great website. Go check it out. Um, they put on a lot of shooting events and classes and stuff like that. Um, long, mostly long range stuff. So for us long range guys, we like to stretch our legs. Right. Well, we'll say thanks to everybody. We had a bunch of people jump in right at the end here. Somebody else's show must have gone off air or something, but. Uh, Thanks again, everyone, for joining us live. That's what it's all about, an effort in the new media, getting information from the bottom up uh, so that people can uh, uh, I don't know, have more to choose from. So uh, thanks, you guys, for jumping in and joining me tonight. Um, we will be back same time tomorrow. You want a quote? Oh, yeah, thanks. Uh, uh, time for a quote. Uh, picking up a rifle... Or pick up a rifle and you change instantly from a subject to a citizen. Jeff Cooper. Guys and gals of websites.com encourage you to take a CCW class every year, practice at least once a month, and carry every day. Thanks for watching gunwebsites.com.